Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Whether it's starting your morning off with a cup of coffee, brushing your teeth at night, or checking email as soon as you log into your computer at work, we engage in a lot of behaviors every day that are essentially automatic, where we don't have to consciously tell ourselves to do them. We just act out of habit. Some of these habits, like turning off the lights when we leave a room, are good things, but others, like chowing down on Doritos with our mouth open, not so much. So whether we want to develop the habit of flossing our teeth every morning, brushing the dog's teeth every night, or starting off every day's practice with a few minutes of scales, it's often said that it takes 21 days for this new behavior to become a habit. But is this actually true? A team of researchers at the University College London recruited 96 volunteers to participate in a study about habit formation. Each participant was asked to choose some sort of nutrition or exercise-related behavior that they wanted to turn into a habit, like eating a piece of fruit or drinking a bottle of water with lunch or going for a 15-minute run before dinner. Then they were asked to do their best to engage in this behavior every day for 84 consecutive days or 12 weeks. To track the formation of their new habit, participants were asked to submit a daily report on whether they engaged in the behavior or not, at which time they were also asked to complete an assessment designed to measure the growing strength of their new habit. How would such an assessment work? Well, basically, you can get a sense of how strong a habit is becoming by asking someone to reflect on the automaticity of the behavior and how much effort is involved in getting yourself to perform this behavior. So they asked questions like the following, rated on a 1 to 7 agree-disagree scale, where higher scores equals greater habit strength. Drinking a bottle of water with lunch is something, number one, I do automatically, number two, I do without having to consciously remember, number three, I start doing before I realize I'm doing it, number four, I would find hard not to do, and so on. The expectation was that their habit scores would start off pretty low, but with more and more repetitions of the new behavior, 
the habit would become stronger, and that at some point, as the habit became more established, their scores would level off and kind of plateau. This sort of graph would indicate that repetition does make a habit stronger, and that the initial repetitions of a behavior have a bigger impact on increasing habit strength than do later repetitions, when the habit has already become pretty strong. So what did they find? Well, this asymptotic curve model represented about half of the participants' experience of trying to form a new habit, but it didn't represent everyone's experience. Some of the other participants, for instance, never did quite get to the point where the new behavior was strong enough to call a habit. Others were really inconsistent in performing the behavior. Some just didn't change much at all. Okay, but for the half of participants whose habit formation experience did seem to represent this expected pattern, how long did it take to turn their new behavior into a legit habit? Was it 21 days? 30? 60, perhaps? Well, on average, it took about 66 days for the participants' new behaviors to become a habit, that is, for their habit strength scores to plateau. But note that this is an average, so the actual number of days needed to turn these behaviors into habits varied quite a bit from person to person, ranging from 18 days to 254 days based on the modeled data. So what about missed opportunities to reinforce a new habit? Did missing a pre-dinner run one day or having lunch without fruit one day jeopardize the habit formation process? Well, the researchers looked at the difference in habit strength scores before and after the missed day, and the data suggests that missing one day is probably not that big a deal. The average change in habit strength scores from the first to the third of three consecutive successful days was 0.79 whereas the increase from the first to the third of three days where the behavior was skipped on the second day was 0.55. So maybe there's slightly less of a gain in habit strength when the behavior was skipped, but this difference wasn't statistically significant. So again, probably not a big deal to miss just one day. Okay, so what are we to make of all this? Well, for me, I think the 21-day myth can be problematic because it's a short enough period of time that you can be tempted to try to will yourself to do something new for 21 days, thinking it'll become automatic and effortless by the time you get to day 21. But this is often just a recipe for failure, because willpower, as it turns out, is not the key to successful long-term behavior change. Case in point, all of our failed New Year's resolutions. Research suggests that it's actually far more effective to focus on engineering our environment so that doing the desirable thing is easier and doing the undesirable thing is harder. Like keeping my vitamins on the dining table instead of in the pantry where I'm too lazy to look for them. Or completely powering off my phone while watching a movie with my kids so that not only do I not get notifications that would tempt me to check email, but it's kind of a pain to wait the 30 seconds to power up the phone so I'm more likely to just leave it off until we've finished watching the movie. You can find links to this week's study and other resources like practice hacks and the audition cheat sheet at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. <laughs>